Good morning, everyone. Good to see you, sir. I'm sure you feel slightly... He's greeting me from the front. Good morning. So we are continuing on with our series about It's All About Who, and this week we're talking about It's All About The Spirit. But as always, I want to just recap where we've been. So we're looking about who it's really all about and who it's not about. And last week we were looking, we were looking at It's All About The Father. I hope that was of benefit to you. So we've made the point that the most healthy and mature Christians are those who are ministering. Jesus said to the man in John 5, 8, pick up your mat and walk, making the point that at times when the Lord says something to us, if we don't do what he's asking us to do, actually we find that there's no benefit. It didn't change. My life's just the same. Well, you didn't do the thing. Oh. So if there are things that you know that he's asking you to do and you're desperate for uh, some area of transformation or healing or wholeness, listen to what he's asking you to do. And it might offend you how simple it is, but it's in the doing that you find, find the wholeness. So the most healthy and mature Christians are those who are ministering. We talked about the lie that says, I cannot minister until I'm whole, until I'm this, until I'm there, until I'm in this place in my life. If you look at the woman at the well, I'm going to keep banging on about her because such a brilliant example. Her life was in a total and utter mess. She hadn't, hadn't attended any colleges on how to evangelize in steps one, two, three, and four. And if you're extra specially good, step six. She just went and told her community what Jesus did for her. And the whole community, well, it says most of the community came out to meet Jesus. And in the end, they said, we don't believe because of what you said. We believe now because we've met him. So let's get rid of the lie that says that we've got to be in a certain place um, or at a certain level of healing or wholeness to be able to minister. It's in the ministering that we become whole. And our wholeness is received in pursuit of Jesus Christ, not in pursuit of our wholeness. Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. And Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever, wants, whoever loses their life for me will find it. And we all know that we can lose our lives for lots of things, for family and the pursuit of career and the pursuit of money, for our children, for this or for that. But Jesus is saying that when we lay down our lives and lose it for him, then we'll find it. That's Matthew 16, 25. So this week we're looking at it's all about the spirit. Typically how it goes for me is I'll have an idea of what obviously know what we're going to be speaking about. But I'll start to think about it by the start of the week and then I start to get some ideas down. And then as the deadline of Sunday approaches, I get more and more into it. With it's all about the spirit, to be honest, I thought this one's going to be easy. But I just secretly, I feel a little guilty about this, he's my favorite. So Maybe it's when you're really close to people or, you know, when it's the people that you're with and you're asked to describe them. What do you say? There's, there's so many things to say. So last night I sat down and I wrote this. I want to tell you what I know about him. He's more beautiful than you can imagine. He's closer than you'd expect. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he's always been there. He predates my consciousness of him. I always kind of think that he existed from the point that I met him. Anybody else with me? And then you realize that he was there all along. I've come to understand that. He's gentle and kind. He's softer than you can whisper, and yet he's louder than all other voices. His activity brings about ease in life. His presence brings about freedom. He'll encourage you and force you to deal with things that you want to avoid. Anybody else got that t-shirt? He'll get you out of trouble, but also he'll get you into it. He doesn't want you to perform. He just wants you to live with him. He wants you to get to know him. 
He wants you to recognize him and he wants you to partner with him. He cares about what I think. He cares about what we think and what I want and yet he really doesn't. He knows that his ways are better. He makes me laugh. He's actually very funny. More often than not, I cry when he's around. Just do, quite like it. Feels great afterwards. He likes to speak in riddles and sometimes he doesn't speak at all. His voice is more familiar to me than any others, and yet at times it is the hardest of all voices to discern. He uses so many different ways to communicate. He uses signs, songs, you'll not be shocked by this one, movies, feelings, people, situations, dreams, visions, words, the Bible, the standard Christian answer. If you want to hear from the Spirit, go to your Bible. Absolutely. But Jesus also said that what you miss is that those scriptures talk about me. He is the wisest, kindest, most interesting and brilliant person I have ever met. He is always himself, and he's teaching me and taught me to be myself. He makes the ordinary extraordinary. He's unlimited. He likes to finish what he starts. He's big into the detail, and he doesn't appreciate it when I say, I'll do something and don't do it. I find that he really, really grits on him. If I utter something that I'm going to go and do it, he'll keep reminding me until it's done. In fact, sad but true, there's something I said I would do a couple of years ago and haven't done it, and it's got to get done. It's got to get done. He saved my life. He really has. I've told you. I nearly wanted to put the car into the wall. I'm so, so grateful for that. And he didn't save it the way I expected that he would. He speaks always at the right moment that he decides not when I demand. God, why won't you speak to me? Why won't you speak to me? I feel so alone. Turn the tears on, but why, God, it's awful. And yet he remains silent. And randomly, when you're in the shower thinking about nothing else, he answers your questions. Don't know why he does that, maybe because it's just about the way he wants to do it. I've watched him deliver tons of people from demonic influence. I've watched him heal bodies. I've watched him bring clarity to minds, provide solutions, uncover deep secrets. And he's explained me to me in ways that I can understand so that it sets me free to be even more myself. Most often I watch him heal in brokenness and it never ceases to amaze me how he goes about it. Sometimes it's profoundly violent. Sometimes it's incredibly beautiful. And other times it's very, very gentle. And other times it's really, really slow. We want to, we're healed. Maybe it's a 10-year journey. And at the end of the 10-year journey, people go, you did it for him. And then it took 10 years. Oh, didn't expect that. You see, each of us is so different, aren't we? We all have our uh, different pasts. We all have our different personalities. We all have our different ways of doing things. And what I've discovered is that the Holy Spirit is an amazing gardener. He knows exactly what each tree needs. And he loves growing fruit, and so do I. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of God. And he is my friend. What does the Bible say? It describes him as the breath of the Almighty, the Comforter, the Eternal Spirit. Calls him God. Calls him the Good Spirit. Calls him Holy Spirit, the Lord. Power of the Highest, the Spirit, Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord God. Spirit of the Father. Spirit of Christ. Spirit of the Son. Spirit of Life of grace, of prophecy, spirit of adoption, wisdom, counsel, might, understanding, knowledge, spirit of truth, spirit of holiness. He has so many different names. And most of the time, that was the thing that struck me, most of the time when we talk about the Holy Spirit, have you noticed on the Alpha Weekends now, 
and this is not at all about slating Alpha weekends, but he gets a weekend. So you're normally going away on your Holy Spirit weekend, and people are encountering him quite profoundly. But I remember thinking, just a weekend? He gets, okay, he's the Spirit, so he's over here, and let's talk about his gifts. Let's talk, talk about the power of the Spirit and the prophecy and all of these things, and they are fantastic and they are wonderful. But what point I want to make to you is, he is a person. And until we get that, until we go, he's someone that we should spend time with. He's someone that actually we can live our lives with. It's a bit like being married. Together, you're just together. You just are together. You do life together. You figure out your bills together. I'm going for a shower now, love. See you later. Do you want a cup of coffee? Do you want a cup of tea? I'm away to bed now. Let's watch that. He's a person. And he's right here and he's right now. If you love Jesus and you accept what Jesus did for you on the cross, then you have the Holy Spirit living right here. And because where there are two or three are gathered, the Lord is here. The Lord is the Spirit. Remember the analogy of the house that went terribly wrong last week? It's my house that I own. I'm going to answer for my wife. It's Claire's house that she owns. It's also Anna and Isaac's house, our children's house. At some point, it actually physically will be their house. It's our house. So he is God. And we've got to uh, deal with him as, a, as if he is a person. Not as if. He is a person. John 16, 7. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. It is profitable for you that I should go away. For unless I go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Helper is the Greek word para, para, parakelo. I've heard paraklete. But the word actually that is used in that passage is parakelo. And it's broken down into two Greek words. Para meaning from close beside. And two meaning uh, keleo to call properly. To make a call from being close up and personal. So parakelo basically means that he is called to be close up and personal. Close up and personal. He is here right now all the time. If you love Jesus, as I said, if you accept what Jesus did for you, then you have the Spirit of God. He is up close and personal all the time. Whether you think and believe that, maybe you think that he's up close and personal now or he's up close and personal in worship. But actually, in those moments that really you don't want anybody up close and personal, he's right there. So we've got to start to realize that and also that he's not scared of our junk. We don't have to dress up our rubbish we can come as we are. Now, the thing that I find is that if you're going to do that, he's going to start to deal with your rubbish. So you'll get the conviction. You didn't do that. You need to do that. You need to be a man of your word because that's who I am. You need to not talk about those people like that. I find that uh, I work in a tourist attraction and there are all the nations of the world. And, you know, after three or four months of working with some of them, you start to have a little bit of a harshness towards them. And I was uh, standing in the prayer meeting this morning and the Spirit very gently said, you don't want to do that. It's just a minor thing, really. And, you know, I'm not going, get you Germans out of here. No, get out. No, get out, get, get out. I'm not doing that. What I'm saying is that my heart's starting to harden a little bit. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. He is God up close and personal. Jesus said that it's more profitable that Jesus went, that he went, so that the helper would come. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and he will be with you forever. 
the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He is with us forever. Do you ever feel like you're alone? Yeah, I feel that too sometimes. But the truth is that we're really not. Never, ever, ever are we alone. Now, sometimes I'm desperate for being an extrovert. Those you introverts here will be going, I don't never experience that. Um, but I'm desperate for human company sometimes. It's pretty normal. It's a pretty valid thing to be desperate for, isn't it? Just you want to meet other people and spend time with humans. But really, we are never, ever, ever alone. As all the introverts go, <laughs> oh, what the heck is he actually talking about? Give me a log cabin in the woods by myself. That's all I want. be quite fine. Thank you very much. We are never, ever alone. We are always loved and we are always cared for. Therefore, those times where we feel we've got to defend ourselves, if he says that he's our defender, then why should we have to be our defender? When actually, if we step into that role, we're actually denying him of that role and he doesn't do it. Because if the Holy Spirit is here, right here, right now, and he's in you because you accept what Jesus did on the cross, then you can live totally differently. Because he loves you. You can see him and you can know him. How do you get to know anybody? Well, by spending time together. You just be together. You go for a cup of coffee. Why don't you go for a cup of coffee with the Holy Spirit? Don't need to announce. Please don't be super spiritual. I am going this afternoon to Bothy Coffee Shop with the Spirit of God. Someone, comes, someone sits down and says, can I join you? No, you cannot. The Spirit of God sits here. Please don't be weird about it. Really? Don't need to do that. Let's go for a cup of coffee with him. If somebody else comes along and sits down, and go and spend time with him. Go and cycle with him. Garden with him. Love gardening with him. Go on holiday with him. Take him to the cinema. Tell you, I, I had some profound experiences. You'll love this one. Do you remember Attack of the Clones for those of you here are Star Wars fans? Remember Attack of the Clones? How many people here remember Attack of the Clones? Preaching to one person. So basically, Yoda, you've all heard of Yoda, little green man? That man, Yoda, small green, he's the Jedi master. Faces are blank. Come on, lightsabers, Jedi knights, you're with me? So Yoda never fights in any of the other three from before, right? Never fights in the other, the other no, four from before, you never see him fight. Then there's this scene where Yoda comes up and he's sort of old and rickety and the, the, his old Padawan, who's now joined the dark side, is all like, I'm going to kick your butt. And Yoda goes, oh really? And starts to spin and twirl and flick and just, and then the evil guy goes for the young Jedi and is about to destroy him and Yoda stops what he's doing and fighting him because he doesn't have to prove anything and then he protects the guy who's about to fall over. I was a mess. I was in, in the cinema going, oh God, oh that's my Jesus. <laughs> you may laugh. You may laugh your little legs off, but my goodness, little furry green Jesus with a lightsaber twirling and spinning around with humility. Yoda was completely humble. I never knew Yoda could do that. Do you not think Jesus is the same? Do you not think that that spirit that you have with you that just whispers every so often, he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He lives in you. You were laughing at Yoda. You're not laughing now. We live like uh, we have why the spirit. You've got the spirit with you. Which means that 
you know, maybe if we, maybe our thinking is that, well, if I've got the Spirit, then everything is dramatic and, you know, people are getting healed left, right and center and I'm prophesying machine and you get words of knowledge all the time and it's all miraculous and it's all amazing and I walk on top of the swimming pool when I go with my kids. Well done, Isaac. Well done, Isaac. He must love Jesus. It's just really, really normal. Life with the Spirit. It's not this highfalutin, out there, some experience for a few super spiritual people. It's an experience for all of us. And actually, as we dial down our expectations from this, uh, I don't know, what, how could you describe it? Just this explosion of hyper-spirituality and the activity of the Spirit all the time. What I think you'll find is your expectation just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as he starts to live life with you. And those amazing things happen in very little ways at times and very profound ways at others. And you come into circumstance and say something with real ease and flow and people go, who is that person? Like, I've heard about this, Jesus, but they've, how did they know that? This is about getting to know him and about life in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not super spiritual, so please don't be. He doesn't dress things up with all this religious language. He's just himself. How do you get to know him? You talk, you ask questions, you share experiences that are good and are difficult. You disagree with him, ever disagree with him? As long as you know that he always wins. I've told him, I don't like this. I wish there was another way. Sometimes he'll go, well, there's not. Other times he'll go, I know. I know this is tough for you. Sometimes he'll talk about something else, which I find one of the most frustrating things in the world about him. Holy Spirit, I'm really, really struggling with this issue here. Do you know, son, you missed a bit in your garden? What? You're meant to be all-knowing and meant to be listening all the time. I am listening, but you need to attend to the bit in the garden. Little do I know that actually as I attend to the bit in the garden that the thing I'm talking about is actually he's addressing. He does it completely differently than we do. And he makes life so much more interesting than it could be without him. How else do we get to know the Holy Spirit? We do not quit. We don't quit here on each other. We're not quitting on anybody. So please don't quit on him. He does amazing things. Everybody talks about what he does, but he's also an amazing person. Most people are after him for what he does. Be after him for who he is, and then you get both. Matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So if you hear nothing else out of this message today, please hear that you need to go and spend time with him. Get to know him as a person. He may be the billionaire that you need all of those funds from. He may be the most spectacular person in the world that can be the most amazing things. If you go after him for that, then really, you don't get to know him. You want to get to know him. And when you're in relationship with him, if you're in relationship with me, then all that I have, you have access to. If you're coming after me for the thing that I have that you want, typically I don't want to relate to you. Because all I feel is that you just want something from me. Now, in his grace and in his maturity, I think that often he knows that we do function out of our immaturity, that we go, I need this, I'm after this, you've got that Holy Spirit, give it to me. But it's an opportunity for, relation, for relational exchange, so you want to get to know him. Get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. You'll get to know what he likes, what he doesn't like, and you'll love him, you'll enjoy him. He's great to be around. It's often called about life in the Spirit, but let's call it life with the Spirit. It's not always dramatic with him, but it's life. It's living together. Do life with him. 
You have your existence in him anyway, but do it with him. Acts 17, 28, in him we live and move and have our being. So we function, we're alive, it all flows through him anyway, but we, we can put our efforts and our energy into getting to know him. Let him change the way you think. Let me read from Romans 8, 5 to 11. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, that's not an accusation. I've heard, I've read it myself at times, and I've heard of others reading that and going, is he with me? Have I got him? What if I don't? Oh, all this. Let's not get, if you love Jesus and you accept what Jesus did for you on the cross, then you have got the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his life who lives in you. And then Romans 12 too, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Spirit brings transformation by changing the way that you think. If you've been with us for some time, you'll have heard me bang on about holding every thought captive, about we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I want to go over that again slightly this morning. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So what we believe deep down in here. Sometimes, I'm sure most of you find this, what you actually believe is not what you think you believe. Does that make sense? There are things that are way, way deep down within us that actually, when circumstances are right and the Holy Spirit is pushing and prodding, we'll actually utter what we really believe. And sometimes that's actually quite shocking. Well, deep down, I believe I'm going to be rejected. Deep down, I believe that I'm not loved. Deep down, I believe this about myself. Deep down, I believe this about others. Deep down, I believe this about God. So as we think in our hearts who we are, do you remember the On Vogue song? Free your mind and the rest will fall. Oh, I'm on my own. Anyway, there's this song by this group called On Vogue, and they sang Free Your Mind and the Rest Will Follow. It's exactly it. Now, we're not talking about New Age. Free your mind. Oh, free your mind and just imagine. No, free your mind from the way the world thinks. Free your mind into the truth that God has ordained and, and speaks out, and the rest will follow. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. The Holy Spirit is going after how you think about him, about yourself, about work, about your body, about your money, about your relationships, about your past, about your future, and then some. It all hinges on what you believe, which is why I keep going on about hold every thought captive and lead it away in obedience to Jesus Christ. Free your mind and the rest will follow. 2005, I think it was, I was on a discipleship year in our local church or it was nine months, and we had teaching regularly throughout the week. And one of the teaching sessions, uh, I didn't, 
I, I didn't really, I wasn't prepared for what the Holy Spirit would say, just very gently to me. I can't even remember what the teaching was about. But I used to really, really struggle with comparing myself to other people. If I could be like so-and-so, well, why do they have that? And, you know, why do they have that job or have that relationship or come from that background? Just comparison. Um, and randomly, years ago, actually, someone had said to me, you've wasted so much time by comparing yourself to other people. Because obviously I wasn't just living life for what God wanted to do with me. Um, and I was just sitting in the, in the class, and the Holy Spirit said to me, there is much joy to be had in being Colin Mark Woodward. And when I listened to that, I thought, my goodness. You know, I would say that to somebody else in a heartbeat. There's much joy to be had in being Tessie Broadhurst. But until I can actually hear that for myself, I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. I genuinely don't compare myself to other people so much anymore. And there is a lot of joy to be had in being me. Not in a way that I want to lord that over anybody or say, well, look at me, I've got this. It's not about that. I just enjoy being myself. So what about you? Is that true for you too? For all the comparisons that you make? For all the ways you look at everybody else who's got it. And you know the people that, you know those people that just look perfect, they've got it all together and everything seems right. You imagine their bank account's really healthy and their holidays are amazing and they have peace all the time and they sleep wonderfully and it's just all perfect. You and I both know that it's really, really not. Give me half an hour chatting to them and you'll uncover where they're really at. There's much joy to be had in being who you're created to be. So let's stop comparing He's all about good fruit. Matthew seven sixteen to 20, Jesus said, By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. This is one of these tongue twisters. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by your fruit, you will recognize them. So you will know the nature of a thing by the fruit that it bears. When I was learning all about this, holding your thoughts captive, the Holy Spirit said three things, and they all stand up to Scripture. One was, what is the fruit of that thought, Colin? What I realized was I was living a lot of the time out of what I was thinking about. So my emotions would be up and down. I would be very feelings-led in my uh, soul man and my nature. So my emotions just ran the roller coaster of what I was thinking about. And what I found was when the Holy Spirit asked me that question, I started to think about what I was thinking about. Grief, I just started... Do you know, I was actually thinking, well, what's the hope in that? Well, that's not the truth. And remarkably, my emotions would recover. The other thing he said was, if you don't bow your knee to God, you'll bow it to something else. Mel Gibson, a a recovering alcoholic, I think, um, actually loves Jesus very much. His life's not exactly a a model of that, but um, he he does. Um, And he said that he found that he either went the Holy Spirit or he went the bottle of vodka. So we tend to go after the spirit or we'll go after, go after our soul. So if we don't bow our knee to God, we'll bow it to something else. And the final thing that the spirit said to me was the enemy uses uncertainty. You think about when you have to go for a, a test in a hospital. How is it for the days between you get the test done and you get the results? Anybody else think have themselves dead? You know, what would I say to my family? What, who would I leave to who? All that. Because the enemy uses uncertainty. That's why you need to be certain. You need to be certain about the truth. Because the truth is certain. It is absolute. 
see you new millenn- or what is it, post-millennials. There's no such thing as absolute truth. Even that's an absolute statement. You need to be certain. He is your rock. So let him come and let him, let him challenge you. The Holy Spirit bears good fruit. Galatians 5, to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against uh, such things there's no law. And his activity in your life will cause these things to grow in you. And the last thing, very, very, just as a, a, as a glimpse and a glance, I want to say he brings good gifts. You know, I don't want us to focus on the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit can have you do this. He can. He will. We want to teach you about that. That's not the emphasis. He is a person. Okay? So we're going to glance at the gifts. Oh, they're over there. He is a person. Spend time with him. Get, know, get to know him. Don't focus on what he brings yet. Guys, could I get you? Yeah. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are at work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. I want to say that they are tools, they are not toys. They are not prizes and they are not ours. And he will give them to you as you need them. The more that you know him and are in relationship with him, you may not even know that you're expressing them. The ultimate conclusion may be somebody gets healed. You may have received the word of knowledge that came with the word of wisdom as to how you tackle bringing about that word of knowledge then you may minister healing then you may prophesy about what's going to happen because of that healing it's like a cake takes lots of different ingredients just is I wouldn't worry too much well I function primarily in the words of knowledge well I function primarily in distinguishing between spirits me personally I prophesy I'm a prophesying machine you just know the spirit We do not want to find our identity in what gifts we express. We want to find our identity in the fact that we're deeply and dearly loved by God. So if you hear nothing else, get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Can I get you all to stand with me? So as always, anytime there's a message delivered, there's going to be opportunity to respond to that message and receive ministry. And as always, I've got a few questions to help us to respond. Um, But as always, you don't need to have to answer yes to any of these two respond. I would encourage you just to come up. So do you want to get to know the Holy Spirit as a person? Have you struggled with comparing yourself to others? Is that something that strikes a chord with you? And do you want to be changed and transformed by holding your thoughts captive? If you can answer yes to any of the above, then please come and join me at the front line.